Tuesdays here. Get your garden hose because this show is fire. Fire. <laughs> this is The Way Today, a podcast which focuses on Christians in and around pop culture and how it may affect our walk with God. Welcome to the show. The earth began in perfection, ain't no sin had infected. God created creation within six days and he rested. Man was made in his image, essentially he'd reflected. Then gave Adam a partner named Eve to serve as his helper. Plan was to populate the planet with image bearers. And to maintain the garden, the pre-incarnate would walk in. Eden seemed with creatures named by the man himself. Told that they could eat food from every single tree except the one called the tree of life. Told him that they would die. Naturally obey the creator who gave him life. Later on came the snake, slithering through the grass, told the woman to go against what the heavenly dad, told them propose a lie that they actually wouldn't die, as she bit from the fruit the man passively justified, then he ate it as well, condemned us all straight to hell, both realized they were naked, hiding because of shame, God confronted the man Adam went and shifted the blame, God then cursed all humanity, kicked them out of the garden, now all mankind is sinful and desperately needs a pardon, I'll pause it, forward now to where we're all in, there's a race, I'll wait. Shout out to Regenerate. Thank you so much again for everything you do, bud. Let us use your music. This is a shout out to you. You're special. Uh, your word's great. Your attitude's great. We love you and can't wait to hear from you again. All right, guys. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob Hunter. Welcome to The Way Today. And I'm here with my co-host. Michelle, better known as the Trigger Preacher. And Brother Brantley. The Jesus Junkie. Jesus Junkie. Jesus Junkie. <laughs> We got a good show for you guys today. We're going over some hot topics in the news, and we've got a good movie review coming up for you. And we've got a sports segment and uh, an interview today with a man named Bakari Washington, He's a Christian hip hop artist who I say reformed Christian hip hop artist because he was in secular music for a while. And um, we end the show always with Pastor B. Give us a word. So stay tuned. Breaking, breaking, the way today news. All right, in our news this week, we're talking about the BBC issuing a video to schools in England that are teaching kids there are over 100 gender identities. What? I mean, this is crazy. There's a BBC film being shown in schools. It's teaching children that there are more than 100 gender identities. This is, like, really causing a big uproar, like, right now. Um, there's a video that at one point a boy asks, what are the different gender identities? And she says, do you know there are so many gender identities? And this is a lady named Kate Daniels, who's supposed to be a relationship and sex education teacher. She responds and says to him, we know that we have got male and female, but there are a hundred, if not more, gender identities. We're going to talk about it, but this is crazy. This is really crazy. I, I mean, I should have put my money where my mouth is, but I'll give people $100 right now if they can name me. Ten. Oh, oh man! You, I mean, they got some called like, new 
Ultrons, gender, um, poly something. Oh, it, it gets it gets real. You got bi gender, gender queer. Um, I mean, it's gender neutral, neutral something. And, and they got so many different names for it, right? So I was watching this one show where one of the hosts was arguing with one of the guys who's representing BBC. He's supporting his hundred gender. And um, he was asking him, like, what does all of these mean? And he's like, basically, based off of their personalities, is that that's how they're finding these names to identify the so-called children. But it, it, it's crazy. And, and when he asked them, like, okay, explain to me what are these names that the guy couldn't explain at all, what they were. <laughs> you know, I, I had a thought about this, and we talk about uh, evolution being enemy against our creation you know it's like what they did to destroy our creation in the bible and they talk mm-hmm. about evolution and i think these scientists are so mad that they can't prove evolution they can't prove it right and it comes to a point where they need like if, if evolution was true why did we stop evolving mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because we haven't changed we, we haven't evolved since whatever we evolved from, right? This is a new way for them to say that evolution is still going. It's another tool that the enemy's using to just right. blaspheme the word. And, and I, I think that's all it is. It's, it's just really, it's highlighting our, our Bible, our word, that in the last days, this is what will happen. Men will become right. more lovers of themselves than the lovers of God, that they will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. I mean, and, and, and this is this is a selfish act right now. Everybody's this individuality. I am who I am instead of being who God says you are. And so that's what's important. And I think we're losing that. And, and, some, and, and honestly, us as believers, it's time to stand up because we're, we're, we're taking a seat back and we're trying to be political correct. And we're just, we're seeing what's happening. We're seeing, I mean, I even see something called like a Satanism, um, like after school program. And this is going on in, in Georgia right now. I, I mean, I um, you, you have the LGBTQ walks and pride. Walk. How do you take pride? That and, and one of the words that we know as believers that God said, listen, pride comes before, before the fall. Before the fall. <laughs> so how do you take a rainbow and make it pride? Which a rainbow is a promise, promise. God. He's not going to flood us. Right. Anymore. How do you take promise and put a promise and put and mix it with pride? Yeah. And then we sit back as a community of believers and we say, no, let them just be who they are. That's not what we are called to do as believers. We are not to let Satan reign. We are not to let people be who they are because apparently they don't know who they are. Just like. We didn't know who we were. You know what I'm saying? So if we know people are not operating in, in, in God's word and his truth, then we know that that's an issue, that Satan is operating in people's lives. And so as believers, that's when we stand up and say, no, this is not right. And we have to be firm by it. Why, why do I have to have so much pride? Listen, <laughs> right. I am, a, I am a, a white heterosexual male. Right. <laughs> I don't go around and push it in people's faces. I'm a man. I'm a man. I mean, I have I have some pride in my work that I do and some pride here and there, but I don't go around and it seems like and it seems like uh, a small percentage of this 
segregated populated of the alphabet people. That's what I call them. Alphabet. The alphabet <laughs> people. Alphabet people. <laughs> what, what, it seems like their voice is so loud from a, a select few. Mm-hmm. Because I know there's a lot of them out there that probably don't even agree with what the prideful ones are doing. Yes, it's okay to have pride in who you are. To a point. Don't get too proud because... God's going to knock you back down. Well, well, I think there's a big difference between having pride and being proud. Right, that's You good. can be proud of yourself. You can be proud of your accomplishments. You can be proud of the person you are now. You can be proud of where God brought you from. But having pride and that kind of pride, I mean, biblically speaking, man, I, the Holy Spirit in me just goes back to Sodom and Gomorrah. What right. is God going to do right. in the situation if our whole entire country world turns in to these one of these right. and I'm going to say three because there's only two right. right in these right. female I believe that's it and as for me and my family we're going to serve the Lord and I'm going to say to my children if you got a private like a boy then right. you're a boy if that's you got right. a private like a girl then you're a girl and that's what you're going to be for the rest of your life and there's not an option to change that because right. if God would have gave us that option then it would have been the Bible where he said we can do this right and just like when Satan tempted Jesus in the in the wilderness, you know, we gotta go back to the word on every single thing that Satan tempts us with. If somebody can show me in the Bible somewhere where it says you right. can have a sex change or I can call myself right. something other than a male, right. then I'll do it. But yeah. if you can't show me in, in the living word that God gives us, if you can't show me in there, then I, I can't rock with it. I'll show you what the word says about gender right now. No. Genesis chapter two, verse twenty two. Uh oh. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cling to his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. That's that's creation in my book, and there's only two. Right. If we needed more at that time, I think God would have put <laughs> right. I mean, the, the community together. But guess what? Lose. Right. There's only two. <laughs> I mean, and you got a scripture. He says Proverbs eleven two says, "When pride comes, then comes disgrace." But with humility comes wisdom. Then he talks about in Proverbs 8.13, he says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. So Proverbs 13.10, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. So God is even telling us through Proverbs 13.10, where there is strife, there is pride. So there is a lot of strife going on with the pride community. You know, there is a lot because wherever there's pride, you know, there is strife. And so God is, you know, of course, he always gives us our answers through the word, you know. I know they just had the um, the first annual uh, straight male parade up in Boston which didn't work out too well for a lot of people because there was a lot of protesting along and I just thought that was like that was just bad taste because really what straight man really cares about a parade mm-hmm. so that's just a joke but there was one and I just think we need to like just tone it down a bit with the pride and everything just be yourself and be a man or a woman that's it yeah. Be be proud of that. <laughs> right. Be proud. Be, of that. be proud of that. And, right. and and work on it. You might need to talk to somebody how you're feeling in certain ways, and that's fine. Talk to God and say, why do I feel this way? And maybe you'll find out that 
God can help you because the devil's tempting you some other way. Well, I, I can remember, like, I don't know, probably like six, seven years ago, a show came on TLC with this little, I'm going to call him a boy, but his parents allowed him to be a girl. It's called I Am Jazz. Wow. And I'm, I remember sitting and watching this, and my brain at that point, you know, um, questioning, you know, as a father, what's going to happen if one of my sons come to me and wants right. to be a girl? You know what I mean? My youngest son, Titan, five-year-old birthday today, by the way. I love little boy. Happy His birthday. favorite color is pink. Right. Okay? He loves pink, but here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. He's a Power Ranger fan, and the Pink Ranger is a girl. Okay? Okay. So he likes pink because he likes Kimberly. Right. He likes a girl. <laughs> right. So, that's, you know, that's, that's good. Right. <laughs> God's good, right? Right. So, now, now, this is what I'm going back to with the I Am Jazz thing. Now, I, I question this as a man. You know, if if my child were to one day become homosexual or, or a lesbian, if my dog be a lesbian, where would I be as a parent to to deny them or not love them because of their choice? All I can do is show them that biblically they have to do what right. God says. And with all due respect to everybody right. that doesn't make that choice, they got to deal with that one day. Right. They have to face the Lord, and the Lord is right. going to, you know, I believe he's going to lay some wrath down on them. Right. But you know what? Honestly, I don't think it's no difference from explaining to them the same thing there. We shouldn't fornicate. We shouldn't lie. That's right. We shouldn't cheat. I don't think it has to be separate, and I think that's what that community is arguing, which I get their argument. Their argument is how come, you know, gay, you know, even when he talked about um, in Sodom and Gomorrah, uh-huh. he it doesn't talk about just homosexuality was why he destroyed it. It talks about the idolaters. It talks about fornicators, the liars. So I think their argument is always, why are we singled out? And the thing about it is, for me personally, you're not singled out, but you're singling yourself out if if I've been all together like God did. But what's happening is you're taking that out of it and you're saying that that is right and everything else is wrong. We're saying it's all wrong. So we're, we can't just celebrate something that God said deemed is wrong. We can't just celebrate it and make it prideful because it's not. So, you know, I think that we are to teach our kids. Exactly. All of it is wrong. Sin is wrong in the sight of God. And that every day, this is why we have a Savior. We, we trust in our Holy Spirit. And we, we continue to feed ourselves with the Word of God so that we can continue to flush out that old man. And and, and, I, and I always say this. I don't know if many people have this view. But the thing about it is, people say, well, I was born this way. Well, I say that's a true statement. I know that may shock some people. But the Bible says what? We were all born in what? Iniquity. We were shaped in iniquity down from our forefathers. So we were born in sin. So I say to the one who was born gay, guess what? I had to give up being born a thief. <laughs> you know, I had to be- give up being born a liar. I had to give up being born a fighter. You know what I'm saying? So we all been born with some type of iniquity in us. What does iniquity mean? That means that you know to do what is right, but you insist on doing what is wrong. So we all are born with some form of iniquity and we know to do what is right. But even as kids, we still lie. We still do different things. So just as much as I don't get to hold on to the things that I was born in, nobody gets to hold on to it when you meet Jesus Christ. And it comes down to nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. And if we are in nature what we are, but we're nurturing our flesh because we want to be something other than that. Right. So we're, we're, we're letting, first of all, we're being attacked. People have to realize that, that these mm-hmm. thoughts and these feelings you have are attacks from your enemy. The devil, your flesh, whatever, whatever right. you may call it, the world. Now this right here, this story about the 100 gender identities and the BBC doing this in schools, 
is a blatant attack on the children. Yes, it is. And and regardless, if you're listening right now and you're not a Christian, I hope you find the Lord first of all. Right. Second of all, Amen. second of all, regardless of what you believe or not, your children are being attacked. Yes. Either being attacked by the devil, the world, or the government, because the government is implementing this in, in England. And we're not. I should say, not we, but most parents aren't involved with their kids enough in school to see what's going on. They send them to school, do your schoolwork, get good grades, let me see your report card, and that's it. This is a blatant attack on children, and I hope people wake up, see this, and do something about it, because this is ridiculous. I agree 100%. My my argument to this whole story is, how are you going to give a child which mm-hmm. can't even times 12 times 12 right. an opportunity to pick out of 100 different personalities or identities right. that they can pick from. This is creating spit personalities. This is creating right. homosexuality. This is this is uh, giving a child an opportunity to fail. Right, absolutely. You're setting them up for failure. Absolutely. And this is what bothers me as a parent. If right. I did live over there, what do these parents have? Do they have any say-so of the, the government doing this? Do they have any say-so of schools doing this? Because for me and my kids, if one of my child come home and says the teacher's talking about what gender identity they have, I'm going to go have a talk with that teacher. Right. And, and and that's what our world is coming to, actually. It's really coming to this because, I mean, it, it is happening now right here in America, right up on our nose. And it, it's sad to say is that once the enemy implants it and grows it, mm. then it comes up. And then it's like we got a bigger beast to deal with that's instead right. of dealing with it now. I mean, this lady is saying right now they're giving kids surveys. And the surveys are actually saying, do you identify with the gender you was assigned to at birth? Assigned. Assigned. <laughs> I mean, this is what the well, survey is saying. Because it was written on the birth Because it was written, it, right. Assigned? So assigned. You was assigned. No, you are a male or female. I mean, it's your organs that God gave you. But when the Bible clearly tells us to train up a child in the way they should go, train them up like... And I think that's what our world is now. The kids are training us, I guess. So the kids like tell I us. Like I said, even if you don't believe in God, it's science gave you two organs. It either gave you one or the other. <laughs> right. It didn't give you... Listen, we're, we are so polluted and confused in this world. That's but it. We need Jesus. We need, we need Jesus. Jesus. We just need him. We just need Jesus. Hashtag Jesus. Right, hashtag. <laughs> All right. Next story. All right, our next story is, it's about a week old. Uh, it's about Pete Buttigieg. 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 He is a, uh, a Democratic um, presidential candidate who is running for, you know, president. Well, candidate to run for president because they're going to go through primaries. But he was on the Breakfast Club uh, morning show um, hosted by... Charlemagne the God, which I don't even, <laughs> even that's another whole nother show we get into that. Right. But he had the nerve to justify abortion by using the Bible. Wow. And this is a man who claims to be a Christian who also is homosexual. Wow. So wow. right there, that's that's a like a oxymoron. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's America. Welcome to America. That's a butt gig. Yeah, so, that's a booty gig. That's, that's where we're headed in this nation. That this is, and and he's up in the polls too. He's not one of the guys lower. Yeah. But I'm gonna play. We're gonna play a clip of him speaking on this. It's not the whole show. It's only a him clip of him talking about abortion, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about it. Over that. Now, right now. They hold everybody in line with this one kind of piece of doctrine about abortion, right? Which is obviously a tough issue for a lot of people to think through morally. Then again, 
you know, there's a lot of parts of the Bible that talk about how life begins with breath. And so even that is something that we can interpret differently. And uh, I'm pro-choice. Take up, uh, me too. Yeah. And, but I think no matter where you think about the, the kind of cosmic question of how life begins, most Americans can get on the board with the idea of, all right, I might draw the line here, you might draw the line there. But the most important thing is the person who should be drawing the line is the woman making the decision. Absolutely. And I think that if you're a man who's against abortion, you haven't gotten the wrong woman pregnant. Like she's I mean, your wife. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, we've had some slip-ups. And I've had a few. Look in this. Uh, Pete, I'm calling you out, bro. I wish I could run for president right now because you, <laughs> you're, 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 oh. your Bible game is not even on point. Not even point. Uh, and I'm not, I'm only a second-year Bible student, okay? And I can tell you right now, that there's one place in the Bible where it talks about breath being the start of life. And you, and when you're going to reference anything in the Bible, call up scripture, bro. Call up something of relevance. Don't just say all over the Bible it says this. No, buddy, it doesn't, okay? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 right. says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's the only place in the Bible that it says breath is the beginning of life. Okay? If you we're gonna get into some scripture tonight because this guy not not only did you condone killing children because a baby inside the womb is a child. Right. Not only are you condoning killing children mm -hmm. like some wacko but then you're going to take a Bible and use it as a shield in defense for your crazy lifestyle when Christ, Christian ideals don't even line up with your political stance. Right. And I, and I said this to my co-host when we first started the show. I wanted to stay away from politics because it gets me so angry when I hear stupid people say things. <laughs> and I'm calling them out, too. And I'll tag them in it. And I hope he hears this right. because... This is straight dog doo doo, what you're doing right now. I mean, I look at the scripture, Psalms 139 13. It simply says, this was King David talking, and he was talking to God. He says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You knew me before I was even formed. You got Jeremiah 1 5, who talks she about. It. She took it go from ahead. Me. You can no, take it. No, you, you got take it. it. Go ahead. But he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. What is God saying? God is saying, Before you even come, you were already in his mind. You were already his thought. You were already here with a mission and an assignment before you came. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, but just how people really think like this, you know? So. I mean, I got my own testimony behind it, but I mean, I'm glad God shining some light on my life <laughs> as a woman. I'm going to shoot this out there and just say, let's let's say he's got some umph behind what he's saying, mm -hmm. okay? If he can prove it, which I know he can't, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying if he did. Now, let's think about this. Breath, okay? Breath, what you breathe. You, we breathe oxygen. Right. Okay? The moment a sperm cell leaves a man before conception, it's part oxygen. It's it's swimming in H2O, mostly water. 
Okay, so that's option. As soon as it touches the egg. Uh-oh. Okay, at conception. Uh-oh. As soon as it touches and that egg connects to the woman. It's lit. Instantly, the blood of the woman. What's in blood? Oxygen. 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 Gives life. That baby, that fetus, that infant, that godly creation is alive before it's even alive. God knew it was alive and, and ordained it for a special purpose in this world. The moment that it became in the mother's womb. So how are you going to say that breathing, okay, mm -hmm. breathing is going to be... <laughs> so he thinks, okay. he thinks natural breathing. He's like, okay. when you come out and get... Well, natural breathing. Right. I'm talking like a scientist <laughs> right. here, okay? I'm telling you, I love Jesus and I love right. the Bible, but right. this is what's the truth. The truth right. of the matter is, if you take any kind of fetus or infant's life, you are murdering one of God's creations. Yes, right. You are you are committing a sin. Thou shalt not kill. Not only do you need a Bible class, people, you need a science class, bro, for real. And for a science team? I'll give a, a science. I mean, oh, you need a science class, too, because it's true. Like, if you want to go either way, the baby is breathing. What do you think? It's suffocating to death for nine hours? Right. Hashtag oxygen. Like, right. What do you think? Like, the lungs aren't developed until it comes out? No. There's a scientific process, not along with the, the uh, intelligent design of the Lord that he put into our bodies, but... There's still a scientific process, which the Lord invented to begin with. No, and if he wants to argue this, too, I did a little bit more right. research because I am a proud father of seven children, Go by ahead. the way. I had some mistakes, too. They're called my kids. They're alive, oh, by the way. Thank Lord you. Jesus. Hallelujah. He hit them. All right, well, 24 to 36 weeks, which is the beginning and the end of the third trimester, that is when the actual fetus is actually breathing oxygen. At that moment, they can come out of the mother. May 31st, a 23-week-old baby was born, 17 weeks early, 8.6 ounces, only 9 inches long, stayed in the ICU for 5 months and survived. Right. So from the beginning of, this was 23 months, uh, 23 weeks right. into uh, birth. A over 4 months. Okay. Right. Now, okay, if he says that they're they're breathing before they die, blah, 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 whatever. They're breathing the moment of conception happens, even before conception when they right. come out of the man. So whatever he's saying, I'm sorry to break it to you, my brother, but you need to do some scientific research on top of right. the biblical research. And this is a big thing that is, is actually going on now. Like, I mean, in Georgia, they just passed a law that you cannot have an abortion. It's illegal now to have an abortion in Georgia. And I think it's like, as they say, as soon as you know, like I think they're trying to say five or six weeks that you are pregnant or whatever, or something like that, or something with the blood flow or whatever that... It's, it's called it's murder so they're arguing that right now like even in georgia that you you know it's going to be against the law to have an abortion and you're talking about somebody let, let me just be very transparent you're talking about somebody who um came into my faith after having made a decision like that to to have an abortion um but again i was telling my brothers before we got started here on the podcast that you know, at 19 years old, I was told by my daddy that he gave my mom the money to have an abortion me with me, see? And so we don't realize how, again, just like with this, with the gender situation we were talking about earlier, that we plant these seeds into kids and then they manifest and they grow into thoughts and they grow into maybe, you know, um, a person taking on that form. So, you know, in my community where I stayed at, it was known, it was kind of like the abortion pill. It was kind of like, girl, let me take you to clean it. Girl, you know, he'll give you an abortion with some food stamps, you know? And it was like, I mean, it's sad to say, but of course, you know, I've, I found Jesus later on in my life in my 20s. But in our community, it was actually endorsed 
you know like this is the way to go this is what you do I mean, so I don't find these type of things funny when you're talking about smart people who claim to know the Bible who are who supposed to be spiritual I definitely wouldn't think that these type of words would be coming from their mouth because just like us at that time in the hood we knew no Bible we knew no spirituality and we were being taught by Satan himself that this is cool you know this is your way of abort you can't take care of no kids look your mom and daddy ain't taking care of you you don't have anything so we were taught like this was the thing to do I mean as soon as I mean I know people who may hear me now even family and friends back at home this was like as soon as you get pregnant it was like oh girl go down here it's only a hundred dollars down here or girl go get the pill this was natural but you're talking about people who are very ignorant to the truth and now that I've become more knowledgeable of the truth it hurts my heart to know the things that I had to go through in order to get here and the thing about it is I'm not gonna lie even in my my Christian walk because that thing was embedded in me even when I got pregnant knowing God and I got pregnant that will at times sometimes challenge me and come up and I would have to fight it spiritually. And that's why my last three kids made it, you know, because it was like, it was a fight with each one of my kids. It was a fight. It was, the first came up is you can't afford these kids. You can't do them. You're going to be here by yourself. The dad's not going to be here. Do it. So for me, it's personal. Now that I know what I know and I know better, I would never, ever encourage abortions because of the mental effect that it leads on you psychological effect that it leads on you it it does so much to you emotionally i see people feeling like i lost my baby uh what is my baby doing you know and and it it, people can't handle it you know and it's murder that's right it's murder no other way to put it it's murder there's two points i want to make here bear with me real quick this i might go off on something but there's two points here everything god does god does for his will Okay, in the book of Exodus, the beginning of the book, the Egyptian Pharaoh is ordering the killing of the Israelite children. He's telling the the midwives who are giving help giving uh, help with the birthing process to throw these babies into the River Nile mm-hmm. and let them drown. Okay, God allowed deceitfulness. God is a a truthful God and and does not like lying, but he allowed deceitfulness to protect the babies. Now, that's in God's will. He allowed something deceitful to happen. The midwives, it says, Exodus 1 verse 17, but the midwives feared God and did not know, did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered before the midwives come into them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. He dealt with them well, even though they lied, because they were protecting children. Protecting children. Now, second point. If you read the Gospels, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John, Jesus says, and I'm not going to quote scripture right now, but Jesus says, you mess with kids, and you mess with me, and you are in for it, pal. You might as well... You might as well tie a weight around your neck and jump in the ocean and drown because you mess with kids yeah. and you're going down. 
instead of one of I'm you not, cause one of my little ones to stumble, you might as well put that weight around your neck like and, and, and throw yourself over and kill yourself, right? Now, Absolutely. My second point, females, if you're listening and you're dealing with this right now, we're a decision. You might be pregnant, you might be uh, on the verge of just being uh, conception and you don't know what to do because you're single and you don't know where to go. You need to trust in God. You're not the first single mother. You're not the first single parent. Right. There's single parents throughout the whole Bible. Right. Okay. Uh, Samuel, the prophet, was raised by a single mother who then was raised by the priests. You have uh, uh, Ishmael and Hagar. Ishmael was raised by Hagar alone and became uh, a very powerful people in the Bible. We also have... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to oh, no, you. no. Go ahead. Go ahead. We also have our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right. which for most part in the Gospels raised by a single mother. We don't know what happened to Joseph. We don't know after 12 what happened to Joseph. Joseph just disappeared. He could have been there, but it doesn't specify. So you can say that Mary was alone with Jesus for a while, and she raised a beautiful, beautiful man. A king. A right. king. Right. A king of kings. Right. So if you're out there struggling, you need to have faith that God's going to get you through this. Right. God gave you this miracle. No matter how the baby was conceived, it might have been something you didn't want to happen. It might have been... Right. Some un, un, ungodly way that you think, but right. God did for a reason, and it's your job now to take the responsibility and raise this child. This child could be the next uh, Albert Einstein. It could right. be the next uh, Martin Luther King. It could be the next uh, special person right. that this world needs. Right. I don't want to say the next Jesus, but... I was thinking somewhere around that line, like somebody you, to help pave the way, you right? Know, you could, <laughs> For the coming. You know, it right. could be the next very important person this world needs. Right. So you got to think about that. This, this... Oh, Pete Buttigieg. 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 But let us say this also, too. If you are one of the ones who have made that decision already... The Bible says that he is just and he is faithful to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So knowing that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you have true repentance behind what you have done and you come to God, he is just and faithful to forgive you as well and to throw your sins as far as the east is from the west. And that's the graceful God that we do have because he knows that a lot of us make decisions a lot of times out of ignorance, simply not knowing. So he is just as well if that is a person that is out there that has already been through it. That's Amen. it. I, I, I just got to say, if, if, if you're voting right. this November in the Democratic primaries, right. and you vote <laughs> for Buttigieg, for Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. you're stupid. Uh-oh. You're stupid. Uh-oh. Because this man has no stance whatsoever. But you know what? People, people are arguing, arguing, Brother Rob, about, like, you know, a woman should have a right. It's her body. You know, she should be doing what she want to do. And, and, and let's be honest. Like, we have to stop with all of this. My choice, your choice. No, it's a God's choice. God has already made the choice from us. And I think that's an argument all over. It's like, what your will is. I thought we was putting down our will. But God's will. 
Like, it is, it's a woman's choice. That woman, that's not body. That body was bought. That was a high price. That's that body right. was paid for. Yeah. Like, that is that that is the temple of the living Holy Ghost. Like, that's how we have to look at it as believers for sure. And again, it's, it's a lot of believers who actually likes to stay neutral and likes to be like, it, it's not okay, y'all. That's not what our word teaches us, you know? Exactly so. right. This, this, <laughs> this is another blatant attack on Christianity. Bingo. That's all it is. Going back to the first story, 100 genders. Right. Pete Buttigieg, who's supposed to be a Christian, mm. should know this is an attack on your faith, so-called no. faith. Bro, take a Bible class. They're free. I, 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 <laughs> Christian Leaders Institute. Free. Take all the Bible classes you want for free. Learn it. Wow. Because when you're out there spinning... <laughs> No good. I got a question. I right. wonder if the um, if the fetus knows what its gender identity is wow. <laughs> before they whack it. Wow. Oh man! No, I was Come on, man! Yeah. It's not right. fair. It's just not fair. Coming from a father that's lost a child that was alive, my seven and a half week old beautiful daughter, Aslan Brooke Taylor, is sitting in heaven listening to me right now, and I just want to say this to any woman that's out there and thinking about making that decision. Trust me when I tell you. You do not want to live the rest of your life with that regret. With that regret, yeah. because I would do anything in this world to have my baby back. And on another note, I'm a father of, a, of an adopted daughter, right? Who knows she's adopted? Who knows that I love her with all my heart? Right. And when I first uh, received word from my wife that we were going to be adopting a daughter. I was on the fence. We already had two boys, and we were uh, content with our lifestyle, and here comes this little baby. And I didn't even have nine months prepared like most people. I had three weeks. So, but when I held my, my baby for the first time in my arms, and I looked at her, that's it. And I'm sure if you, if you don't want to keep your child, adoption. Adoption. There's, I'll take them. Right. There's there's millions of families out there who can't have children for some reason, who want children. Right, that's true. And and will help you through your process of this. Right. So abortion is just do not enter that street. It's a do not enter. Right. I wouldn't even think about it. Right. It's, it's pain and suffering for the baby, for you, for everybody involved. Right. It's pain and suffering. Hey, Budagek, I got some breath for you. How about this? When our King Jesus returns, <laughs> and he's standing on that cloud, right. and I go up there with him, with all my fellow Christians who are loving Jesus and are living life for Jesus, when we go up there on that cloud, and he breathes and tells us to come down and get you, you're going to regret making that statement oh, right. about a babe breathing before you kill him. Right. Oh, straight up. Pete Budagek. 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 You're disgraceful. He's a gig. <laughs> And um, our next story, it's not a real story because we haven't got into it yet, but the chicken sandwich wars will have to continue for another week because KFC, KFC hasn't released their donut sandwich yet, so hopefully when they do release it, I'll bring one in here, we'll cut it three pieces, and we'll all try it and see if it's the... Uh... We might as well just go get our own glazed donut and some chicken. Come on now, we have to wait for KFC to give us a $6... What? Two glazed buns. I mean, they, they advertise this <laughs> thing all over the place. Right, booty gig. <laughs> the booty gig. gigs, two glazed buns. Two glazed. I need some help, man. Glazed buns. Listen. Right. <laughs> Chicken sandwich wars will continue. 
this is not something I'm giving up on. I'm, I'm supporting this war. This is one war that I'm fully invested in. Okay? Until Chick-fil-A right. becomes victorious. Alright? Popeyes, right now, if you get a chicken sandwich back, you're winning. Right. But you better sell it on Sundays. Right. You better sell half off on Sundays. Right. 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 Then I'll come. Right. Bring all seven of my kids with me. Alright, right. everybody. Next week, we'll have more news. And that was the news. Well, <laughs> they don't have Big Ben. 
Or AB. <laughs> or Le'Veon. But neither of those guys are doing good in the NFL, so it's just surprising how this all went down. But let's keep going. The Saints versus Seahawks, 33-27. No one was expecting this, huh? No one was expecting the sub-quarterback the sub who no one takes. Keeps sleeping on Teddy Bridgewater. Russell Wilson, figure it out. The overhyped Browns going against the Rams, 20-13. Close game win, but you couldn't close it because Baker Mayfield is running around with a chicken with his head cut off because Freddie Kitchens is coaching like a five-year-old and the decision-making overall on the team with the penalties, you know, the preseason, the pre-game snaps, the six snaps, the team leads and penalties, Baker Mayfield with all these turnovers, Nobody can get really focused and, and down. So they're going to have to figure it out somewhere towards the middle of the season because it's not going to get any easier. Okay, we have the standings for the AFC. We're going to start the AFC East. The Patriots are on top. The Bills are second. The Dolphins are surprisingly third. And the Jets are fourth. The Jets are technically the worst team in the AFC East. Now, we have the AFC West with Chiefs on top, the Raiders second, who were the worst team last year. Uh, the Chargers third, and the Broncos surprisingly at number four. Now, they have some competition. You know, you can eliminate the Raiders real quick during the end of the season. I feel like the Broncos can come back and be better on the rankings for the AFC West. AFC North, we have the Ravens on top. We have the Browns second. We have the Bengals third, and the Steelers fourth. The Steelers, um, I don't think they're going to have a good year this year. They're 0-3. They don't have Big Ben. They don't have their weapons that they've been, you know, producing with. Their defense isn't good. They have everything they need, but the defense hasn't been producing. And that's weird coming from Mike Tomlin's team. But his job shouldn't be on the line. That's what's ridiculous. He shouldn't be on the line. He's a quarterback. His coach has been in the playoffs just as much as Belichick. But let's keep going. We now have the AFC South, which is the last division in the AFC. We have Texans on top, Colts number two, Jackson's number three, the Jaguars, my bad, at number three, and Titans at number four. All right, NFC. The The more competitive division. Okay. We didn't need to know that, but you support your Giants. Uh, Cowboys. It's not just about the Giants. It's about Cowboys on top. Number one. (laughs) Eagles, number two. Giants, number three. And Redskins, number four. Nothing surprising for the Redskins with the Giants. (laughs) (laughs) NFC West. Rams, number one. 49ers, number two. Seahawks, number three. And Cardinals, number four. We have some competition in the West. You know, Seahawks. There's competition just, besides. There's a lot of competition everywhere in the NFC as you look. Whether it's the East, East, West, South, and North. The NFC is tight, 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 tight. It's like, it's the complete opposite when it's basketball with the West side. But it's exactly like that, only for the East, for football. Now, it's very tight. We have NFC North. Packers are on top. Lions are second. Vikings are third. And the Bears are fourth. That, the NFC North is going to be the most competitive division in the entire NFL this season. Okay, we now have NFC South, the last division in the NFC. We have the Saints on top. We have the Buccaneers second. The Falcons third. And the Panthers fourth. A lot of twos and ones and ones and twos here. Very interesting. Very interesting. And a lot of a lot of teams are stepping up. So, you know, surprisingly, we see the Bills at 3-0. We see the 
the Lions are 2-0-1. We see the Patriots continue to ball. Uh, we see the new, you know Tom Brady putting up 106 points. 106 points to 17. But listen, New York Giants, they got new stepping grounds. Did you know that behind the new quarterback, Daniel Jones, they have not made an 18-point comeback since 1949. This is a new era for the Giants, and hopefully they'll be able to as they go into their hard schedule uh, with wins. But uh, this is this is the sport report, giving your daily standings and scores on the NFL for Week Three. Please go check out our podcast, The Sport Underscore Report, on Anchor. And thank you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the way today. God bless. And now, let's go back to the Bible. start a new segment as we call it the way today's back the bible and today we're talking about context of scripture and we talked about this a little bit last week where you can't just take a scripture out of the bible and not know the context that it's coming from and use it for yourself it's 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 kind of unwise to do something like that um we talk about in first timothy verse 12 it says, um, oh, I just lost it. First Timothy, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, excuse me. And the apostle Paul says, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor you, you yeah, usurp authority, usurp authority right. over a man, <laughs> but to be in silence. First of all, it's Paul saying this, not the Lord. Right. And second of all, in the context of this letter to Timothy, he's speaking about a specific church that these women should be quieting. Now, if we go all through the Bible, there have been many, many leaders that were women. We talk about Deborah was one of the judges that God appointed to protect the Israelites. Uh, I mean, even the mother of Jesus, Mary, if she was not a leader in the Bible, I don't know what, you know, she she has a, and a lot of nominations consider what she says very important. Yeah, Catholics. Um, <laughs> He's the highest over there. She's more praise than anybody over there. You know? <laughs> right. Um, outside of the Bible, what I was taught in Bible school is that, well, when Christianity first was spreading throughout the Roman Empire, Clint, uh, uh, uh What's his name? Excuse my, excuse me for stuttering through this, people. Uh, Pliny the Younger, which was the emperor at the time, was receiving letters from governors throughout the Roman Empire about the uprising of Christianity. And the first two deacons, deaconess, which was the Greek word, were two slave women mm-hmm. who were the first leaders of the Christian church that were that's in history, not Bible. But an actual history that you can look up. Finley the Younger, that was the emperor. I believe it was uh, right towards the end of the first, cent- the first century. Uh, women are strong. Women are, are close to God. Uh, when it comes to 
women speaking, I believe that women can speak stronger than some men. You know what I mean? Agreed. Uh, 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 whoever you like to watch on television, right. whoever you like to listen to, uh, there's a lot of women and even pastors' wives right. that do, you know, uh, certain um, sermons once a year or twice a year. When you watch it, it is some powerful, powerful stuff. But think about this, Brother Rob. The Bible says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Men and women shall prophesy. When you hear and dream dreams and see visions, when you hear prophesy, young and old, men and women, prophesy is when you're actually speaking what God says. So if God says in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon men and women, and they shall prophesy. Prophesy is actually speaking the word of God, speaking what God tells them to speak, just as you do through the gospel. And as you were saying, you can look in Acts, you can see Priscilla. She traveled with Paul. She actually gave instructions to Apollos at the Ephesus church. You see Judas. Um, you see one of the workers. You see Phoebe, which was a deacon, a church leader. Um, you see, um, I mean, plenty of women that they went into the homes to meet. You know, you see that in Acts 12, 12, Colossians 4, 15, Corinthians 1, 11, you, Romans 16, 2 through 5, so forth and so forth. So you see women moving. You see women were on the actually helping Jesus in his ministry, traveling, giving up their homes, food, everything. I mean, so, I mean, you can't get away from, like you said, taking scripture out of context. You have to understand, you know, as they say, exegesis. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Also, I'm going to bring this up in Luke 19.40, that if we don't stand up and say something as men, right. women are going to, Absolutely. and if the women don't, the rocks are. Right. So it's clear the rocks will cry out. Yes. So, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, there's powerful, powerful women. Right. Joyce Myers, there, there's people that living today, not just biblically, that the women that are standing up, preachers, prophets, powerful women of God that you know that I'm going to be honest that I like to listen to you right. know Absolutely. I like I like hearing the word from every realm every perspective shout out to Priscilla Shire I love you <laughs> I love you I love watching hashtag you. Priscilla I, right yeah, Priscilla Shire I mean it, yeah no it, and, and you know Paul says Paul also does he goes on to say um, I, don't, I don't remember which book it's in but he says that it doesn't matter who's saying the word. If right. someone is preaching the good news and the good news is getting out, right. then you can't look at the person because if, if we judge the human by their flesh, we're always going to find false. Right. If we judge them by the fruit of their spirit, there's some powerful women out there right. that got some big trees of fruit. All right. right. So I'm just going to say this, that as a man, you know, I prefer to have a male preacher because I've been raised in that my whole life and that's just what I'm used to. Right. But don't, get me wrong if a woman gets up there i'm not gonna look down or i'm gonna be right there watching her mouth just like i watch the man's and listening to the voice of god coming out of mouth just like i listen to a man right. shout out to the daughters of the king <laughs> that's right okay they're out there and right. they're powerful right the next scripture i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's out of context that almost every christian uses and uh -oh. i'm gonna i'm gonna step on go. some toes here there uh, but this is one of my biggest pet peeves when people use this scripture to, <laughs> not to justify anything, but to make it sound like we're superhuman, and we're not. We're just human, and we're trying to get by like everybody else, and we're trying to worship God, and we're trying to praise God. Here it is, Philippians 4, <laughs> 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. Mm. First of all. <laughs> Here huh. we go. 
Can you pick up a car? <laughs> There's been stories of people picking up cars. No, can you? <laughs> right. Uh, can I uh, run through a building at the speed of light? Can I jump uh, 10 feet in the air? Uh, no. If I have Christ, can I do it? No. Well, I like to sing. Oh, I do too. I don't sound good. <laughs> but ask, I, I, ask my husband. Do I sound good? Baby? I like to sing. <laughs> Now, with Christ, am I a better singer? No. no. I can't, I can't so, sing, but I can make a joyful noise. So, the, the, context, <laughs> the context of this scripture, we're going to start in Philippians 4, and I'm going to start back even at uh, verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein... You were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now, Apostle Paul is saying here is that the Church of Philippians is the only church to support his mission, his mission to spread the gospel. We need to remember that Paul was really our first missionary mm-hmm. that went out and spread the gospel to everyone. Okay? Now, verse 11. Now that I speak in respect of want... For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therefore, to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Abased means made low. Abound means to have abundance, to have more of. Right. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Verse 14, notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, 15, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Now listen, this Philippians chapter 4 is a missionary letter. It's what churches do. If you have a missionary that's in another country and you support, your church supports them, they write you a letter from time to time let you know how it's going as what their funds are being used for. This is all that it is. Now, it's great to put it on your Facebook. It's great to put it on Instagram. (laughs) It's great to put it on your t-shirts. and It's great. Jesus Christ is great. Right. But... On Tim Tebow's eyes. Right. <laughs> it's just great. Steph Curry puts it on his sneakers. That's right. It's great. But we have to stop reading a scripture. You know, but, I'm going to throw a little what? side note in real quick too. You know, Paul wrote this when he was locked up. Well, that was good. Wait a minute. I was just getting ready to Paul was in jail when he wrote this. So right. I've been in jail and I know I'm sitting there. I can do all things. I can I get this and judge to let me go. Right. Philippians. And chapter 4 is the end, basically, of the letter. And when it was written, it wasn't in chapters, by the way. Manded that later on when we put the Bible together. Philippians, it's considered to be the happiest Happiest. book of the Bible. And he wrote it like that. Written by a man in prison. Now, he did that through Christ. Right. We understand that. But he was spreading the gospel. Now... You can do all things to Christ when you spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. But think about it, though. You know, it just came to me a good revelation. When we think of all things, he never said whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we 
Again, taking scripture out of context, he's saying, I can do all things through Christ. That means if I got to go through hell for Christ, I can do it. If I got to stand on a mountaintop and scream his name because he tells me to, I can do it. So what God, because it's clearly saying, look, I, I have lacked, I have not had. I've been low, I've been high, you know what I'm saying? I've hungered. So what he's saying is, no matter what we go through in life with Christ, that is nothing that we cannot overcome with him. Not saying that we're making up things of the flesh. You said with him. That's, <laughs> with that's him. the biggest point here. <laughs> Absolutely. Is this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's with Jesus standing that's beside him. you as you go through your struggle. And looking back at your past. When you turn Absolutely. around and look back at your past, you see Jesus said standing beside you. So you know to look back towards your future where he's pushing you to be. Right. You know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Go so ahead. Now preach. Got to, you got to remember this. When we're reading Philippians and you say that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, you can do all things when Christ is with you. That's right. That doesn't mean you can go lift up a car, but you better believe right. that there's a little baby under there and some mama stuck on the side of the road. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to help that woman lift that car. And that's because Jesus is, is right with there them. with her and there's some Absolutely. powerful angel wings lifting up that car. Absolutely. Word of advice is don't read a single scripture. That's right. Read it before and after it. Right. Read the whole story. Read the whole Bible. Right. Okay? <laughs> Read the whole Bible. Read the whole Bible. Right. And 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 we're gonna get into uh, this too. There's a lot of free Bible training programs right. out there. Yes. Shout out again to Christian Leaders Institute. Institute. Yes. Completely free. All right. Completely free, and it's a great, a great college level Bible curriculum. Awesome. Oh, by the way, I got my first A. I posted it on Facebook. Did first, you? First hundred. See? <laughs> we have two CLI students in here. This is a ministry of CLI. I've posted that in, uh, in their... I just may join that. Hey. hey I'm telling you. It's pretty awesome. Man. CLI. It's pretty cool, man. Read your Bible. Get into the Word. This is what we're doing in, in, in this segment. Back to the Bible. We're going to be getting into the Word, taking things, uh, give you the context of things, taking some of the... Um, maybe not so well-known parts of the Bible and let it be known and let it know what it's all about. So this is going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks and we hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you. We have an interview with Bakari Washington, who actually goes by the name I am Bakari Washington, and uh, he is from Sanford, Florida, and he was a secular artist known as Washout or Be Wash, and unfortunate events in his life sent him to jail, but in jail, a blessing in disguise brought him to the Lord, and when he came to the Lord, he realized that he needed to put God first. And he changed his name to I Am Bakari Washington. After getting out of jail, him and his wife moved to Wichita and where they started their ministry of music and he's doing great things. So I'm so proud today to get to interview Bakari and introduce him to our show and our audience. Uh, right now we'll play a clip of his song Deeper Than Music and go right to the interview. So everyone, Bakari Washington. 
South was happening, my black card is active I know the streets, they motivate you to get down and active Look, only God can judge you, and I'm just trying to love you I got a vision for all my black young brothers It's black excellence over everything, even hustling Go ahead and get your money, but please don't lose your soul I pray to God we shake the devil like dirt off the soap Your mind is gold, knowledge the open road It ain't hip to know the world beyond your zip code How many billionaires you know come out of the streets? I said it's deeper than music about saving souls yeah. Alright guys, we're here with Bakari Washington He is a uh, Christian hip-hop artist That's what I'm going to call it yeah, I'm a big supporter of Christian hip-hop uh, It's come a long way A lot of these hip-hop artists now are really preaching on the word and preaching on biblical stuff and it's not just party dance music it's it's great stuff and bakari has an interesting story because he comes from a secular side where he did secular music and now he's coming to his faith bakari welcome to the way today thank you thank you for having me i greatly appreciate it what uh what made you change from secular to to faith what happened in your life um <laughs> When it comes to talking about that subject, you know, it just comes a point in your time where God, I feel like God really gets a hold of you and makes you aware of what you need to do. And for me, um, I would touch on the subject really fast. It was me going to jail. And uh, I was there for a couple months. And I was doing, I'm not proud of my past. My past has a lot of stories with it, with uh, music I was doing that I'm not proud of now. But my secular music. Um, it was just a lot that came with that and God sat me down when I went to jail and honestly just shook me up and made me pay attention to life of what I'm really meant to do. And, you know, you're actually influencing people. You, you, you have the power of talking to their soul through the music and do you really want to stand for that? So when I was in jail, like, it was just a cycle of finding yourself deep soul searching. And it involved heavy contact with God for me, you know. Um, we all grow up with this constant feeling over us. I know we all do grow up with this feeling of protection of something just when good or bad occurs. And we right. just have this feeling and it's just like you don't understand it at the time because we're still lost in trying to blend in with the world. You know, we're wearing camouflage at the time because we don't see that we're meant to do greater things. Um, and at that time I was like everything else I was trying to blend in and I didn't understand my true calling once, once again, until I went to jail. So when that happened for me, that was, that was the ending point of saying, Hey man, you have, you have a bigger calling than yourself. And that's one thing that I started to see that it was, it wasn't about me. It was about others. Like once I learned that what I'm doing now has nothing to do with me, it literally has to do with reaching out to other people and letting them know like, hey, you're not by yourself in this world and I'm here to love you. So if my music connect to you, that means God's working and let's 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 figure this out. And that's all I want to do is really just reach out and, you know, touch him like what God did for me. At a point in time that I didn't you know, I didn't see it coming. Like seriously I didn't. 
that, that's when it happens too. You, you, you least expect it. You least right. expect it, and, and, and it's almost like a, uh, a a slap in the face or or getting pushed on your butt. You're like, whoa, you know, and I didn't see this coming. And, and right. a, a lot of people can relate to that story who, you know, there's people that have grown up in the church, of course, and grown up in Christian families, and they've had their faith for the longest time. But there's a lot of people nowadays that, you know, there, there's a, a comeback. Jesus is making a comeback, and, he, and he's uh, pushing a lot of people to to find their faith and and uh, we spoke on this last week about um, you know Kanye West uh, with his Sunday services and uh, I'm in all support for someone like Kanye uh, and I think as, as Christians that's something we should do with people like you that are coming to your faith they, you know a lot of Christians are like oh you know, should we support this person? And, and, and they don't really know the word. And what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be behind you 100%. So that's that's an inspiring story of how you yeah. came to your faith. Now, when you were in, in jail, it was was it you and God or did somebody in, in jail introduce you to God? Uh, honestly, it was, it was me and God. Um, it was crazy how the scenario happened too. I remember the exact moment where I thought I was going crazy because uh, um, I was I had my Bible out in the middle of the uh, courtyard where everybody was at, and I was just reading. And then uh, it was uh, it kept blowing to a certain chapter though, Corinthians, Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Mm. And uh, when I turned the page, because it blew by itself onto that page in that chapter, so I turned the page. And I kid you not, it turned back onto the same page. Wow. So when that happened, I was like, okay, this is a sign. Like, I guess I need to read this. And I started to read it. And it was talking about going into a boy, into a man. And as I started, like, I felt like it was really talking. It was God talking to me at that time. And I still didn't understand at the time. So as I'm reading these words, they're touching me. They're hitting me. And I just feel it just makes me break down and cry. And it, it, it really got to the point of God's like having me look around for the things that people take for granted in life. Like we don't understand like being able to open a door or have being able to use the bathroom when nobody watching you. Let's start there. Right. Or, you know, people don't see like being in jail, like being in an exhibit, but the same, the same what. And that's that's just the images that God was giving me. Like, hey, you know, you don't want this. You know, people in here that you're meeting, you you like they really have genuine souls, and they're behind these bars for certain things and that they did. But this is truly who they, you know, who they're not. So I just felt like from him having me have that full experience from even the people I encountered there. From <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something funny. I used to want to get out of the pod, which was uh, where they keep you at. And you used to have to sign up for classes, certain classes. And uh, I used to sign up for church just to get out of the jail cell. <laughs> but So at first it started off as, you know, hey, I'm just getting out. But the next thing you know, like, I remember the day that I did it. Um, the day that I did it, <laughs> I prayed going down the hallway and was like, God, give a message for me. Please have a message for me. When I went in there, there was a pastor on the screen that I got to meet later. And uh, his name was Pastor Joe of the Northland Church. And uh, he's an amazing guy, amazing guy. And that particular day, his message was never given up. 
no matter where you're at, never give up. No matter what they may think about you, never give up because God has the last word on your life. And when I heard that and received it, it like shook me up and I believed it because I felt like at the at that time I thought I felt like I was doing all the right things but I weren't and I didn't understand why I wasn't. And um God just started revealing it once again through the people I encountered, through learning how how valuable life is and to learn how to really help another out and learn how to be unselfish. So that's what I got from all in jail, honestly, is how to be better than what you, you used to be or being better than what you can even imagine of yourself because with God, you don't know what your capability is because he will take you to places that you can't even imagine. And I can truly say that. That's, so. that's, that's the truth right there. I mean, we, we see things through new eyes and we see things in different ways and, and the places that we, we go to and we see, it's amazing when we see God everywhere uh, and everything, you know, when, when we become that new creature. Right now, now that you've how long have you been now uh, uh, born again? How long has it been? Two years? No, three years. Three years now. Okay, so three years. What do you do to keep your connection with God? This is something a lot of people deal with. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people about I can't hear God anymore, or I can't. It was so strong. You know, we get that fire that burns when we first. You know, have, but what do you do to keep that burning and keep a connection to God? Honestly, it's, it's the strong foundation. You got to have a strong foundation with God in order in order to grow properly. Um, what I mean by that is my pastor, which is Cameron Jackson. Shout out, love you. Um, my church organization, the Three One Six Truth and Grace. Um, honestly, just. There's places that it's, it's it's people that God set up in my life through the church that are my foundation towards moving forward in this music, which is holding me accountable for what we set out and what God set out for me to do on this mission. So what I'm trying to say to others is having the right people around you and having the right What I'm really trying to say is like community. There we go. Community right. is key. Community is key. Having the right people around you. Like I have my mentor. I have my pastor. I have my wife. I have my friends that all like have their lives going on. But when it comes down to represent God, we're all on the same page. In whatever career, whatever we're representing, God must be represented. So we hold each other accountable in whatever field we're in, and it's like a family, a, a family spider web, you know. So that's how, for myself, I can't speak for everybody else, but for myself and how I feel like God set it up to hold myself accountable is set up that way. It's just a good foundation. People that really love you and care about you and really want to see you elevate. And, then, and also are elevating themselves. So that's important to have, and I and I and and hopefully our listeners get that that especially new Christians that you you need to surround yourself. Not only are you a new creature, but you need a new environment. You know, you can't go back to the same old stuff you were doing. But you know what I mean, because that will right. 
definitely pull the connection away from you and God, no matter how much you try to keep it connected. Your environment is a big, uh, it, it, it's a big um, thing to have. And, and you're absolutely right about that. It's big to have people around you that support you and that don't uh, belittle you or, you know, bash you for, you know, finding faith. And there's so many people that are out there that are dealing with that. They, they find Jesus and they find God and then they tell it to somebody else and they're like, you know, they laugh at them or they, oh, you're crazy. And, you know, there's so much out in this world. And that's, that's a good tip to have is keep your environment, keep your foundation firm. That's good. But even, can I say this, even to yeah. the people that are starting in faith, like, don't let that discourage you. I'm right. honest. Because at the end of the day, they're laughing at something they don't understand. Like, when Jesus was down here, you think he got all the love? No. And we're his disciple. We're his children. They're not going to understand what we were meant to do. So our job is to love them regardless. And every time that a new Christian comes into that interference, it hurts my heart because, you know, that can discourage them from God. Right. So it's like, don't don't let that happen. Like, don't let that. That's that's a test. That's a test that you can pass. And that's a test that you go through with God. But you first have to be to that stage. And that's what people don't understand is they pressure people upon their belief instead of helping them. You know, like you're not meant to be perfect. Christians are not perfect. And but we get that image of being perfect. I went through this whole phase of going through jail and where I am currently, but it took, it took stages. So it's okay. They don't understand that at the beginning, like what you're going through is stages. First stage that you're probably going to hit is people that you used to deal with. You bring up Jesus Christ to them. They're going to be like, they don't laugh at you. Like what? <laughs> oh, seriously. And it's just like, it's okay. Don't let that discourage you at all because they don't understand. If anything, just pray for them. Right. That's it. Just pray for them. Right. Not in a bad way, just in a in a way of saying, hey, I hope you can have an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ because he's just that amazing. He is. And it's all about love, too, you know? So God is love. Amen. Amen. Now, what do you do if, if, when you're writing a song? Uh, what do you do to get into your environment? What do you do to find the words you want to speak on what what's your process my process I always start with praying I start and just pray and meditate and before every song I ask God to give me the words that he wants me to speak to the people what, what do you feel on this certain subject or song that you want me to express that's really gonna reach out to them and touch them because even when I get in that process I just want to, I really want to feel like I'm taking the time to help people understand this journey. And the main thing I want them to get from it is like, hey, don't think it's meant to be perfect because it's not. Like, it's like life. It can be a messy ride, but at the end of the journey and through the journey, it gets better. So during that process, I just pray to God to just bring it to me. Just bring the words to me and what, what the feeling is and just let it express itself and just pray that it touches people. And we've been talking a lot on the show and to other people about um, putting emphasis on more of the Holy Spirit and not putting so much stock into preachers and speakers and, and, and pastors, but there's always people who influence you in the faith, you know, people that inspire you and, and help you grow. Who, who out there inspires you? Who do you listen to? 
to besides you know reading the word of God, of course. But who 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 as a speaker or a pastor inspires you to continue? Um, honestly, I would have to say my father-in-law. Okay, we're talking about pastor, which is uh, Charles Gunner. So you, um, your father-in-law is a pastor. Yes. Well, you got a close connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Their whole family uh, was, uh, I got to think of the name really fast. It was the Impact Movement. And uh, it, was a, it was a big ministry. Um, uh, it's, they, they had a lot going on. And I was new to it. I didn't even know, like, the full connection. Um, another one, though, other than my father, my father-in-law is uh, Steve, Steve Friddicks, I think his name is. Yeah, Steve Friddick, yeah. Friddick, there we go. Yeah. I, I, yes, he's, that man there, I can listen to his podcast for hours. That man can raise the dead, I, and, I, and I don't mean that in a literal form, but I mean, you could be in the worst day in the world, and it seems like God, for me, and I don't mean to to overspeak you but it seems like when I listen if I'm having a bad day and I pass by Stephen Furtick on my Facebook feed and I hit his video or whatever it is that day it's like God gave that to me because he just speaks something to me that he, he's amazing and I, and, and I think a lot of people you know we get to a point where, where you get so big and you get to a point where uh, this person you, you almost especially with the secular world they look at these TV evangelists and TV pastors like oh man they're just doing it for the money but Steve Furtick is doing something for Christians that I think no other pastor today is really doing right and uh, one other person too sorry I would like to say is my pastor Pastor Cameron Jackson uh, which is also my mentor Um, he's been definitely a big part of my development and been a big part of this journey as in keeping me accountable and keeping Christ first and always remembering the purpose of what I'm doing it for. What, what, what could you say for advice, uh, especially with your music? What would you give to a young person, a youth that needs to stay on fire for the Lord? What kind of advice would you give them? What should they do? Uh, just constantly. It's for me, the what I would say is uh, just look at social media. Take a hard look at social media and think about what you can do to change it. Just look at the direction of our generation. And you know, like, just the feeling of God's in your heart. Like, what can you do to help make that change and make him more relevant than all the negativity and all this other crazy stuff that they got going mainstream? It's like... Just really, the power is, is really in your hand to make the difference. So just, I would say to my youth, just really think about it because you're capable of doing anything you want with God. So that's really how I would encourage them to at least stand or try it. That's awesome. Thank you. What, what What's next for you? What, what what's, what's going on? Are you going to... Uh, we, we know you got a couple songs out there, but are you dropping an LP, EP? What, what, what can we expect next? I will be dropping an album. Um, it will be sometime around next year. Um, don't have a date on it. 
but it it's called Deeper Than Music also as in the first single. Um, yeah, and you just, honestly, like I said, it'll be out sometime next year. I don't really have much more to reveal on that other than it, it is more music coming, and I'm excited for it, and I'm sorry, guys, but it's happening in God's time, and please still love me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, man. We we got to work on his time, not our time. That's how that's how glory works. That's how miracles work when we use his time. Right, right. That's, that's great, man. And I we really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, uh, I, I love your story, man. And this is this is the type of story that that's going to help a lot of people that listen to the show that need uh, inspiration and a need influence from somebody. And now they have a, a artist they can turn to that might say, "Man, this guy's story is just like mine." You know, that's that's good stuff. We appreciate you coming on the show, and hopefully we get to talk to you real real soon and uh, catch up with what you're doing with your music. We thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me, and I greatly appreciate it. And I want to uh, just leave. Can I leave with saying this to everyone? Uh, yes, sir. No matter where you are at in life, no matter what you're going through, no matter how long you feel, just know that that's not true. And if you do feel this way, just take take your time to just close your eyes at this moment that you hear me say this. Take a deep breath and just say, I need you, Jesus. Don't be scared to say it. And nobody's around you either. So even if you have to pause what I'm saying right now and you have that feeling and just confusion in your heart, I'm praying that you just take this time to just call on them. Nobody's going to be around you and you'll be by yourself. And nobody can judge you. And just know I love you. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Much love and God bless you, man. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, my man. Thank you, and it's greatly appreciated. All right, man. All right, man. All right, love. This is a special presentation of The Way Today at the Movies. Alright, this week I saw a movie called Yesterday, but before I tell you about this uh, movie, let me ask my co-host this. Michelle, if you woke up tomorrow mm-hmm. and there was no such thing as Tupac, Uh-oh. there was no songs, Uh-oh. there was no Tupac score, mm-hmm. but you knew every single one of his songs and lyrics, mm-hmm. would you use them for your own game? <laughs> Probably not for my own game. Well, no, yes or no, right? I'll use them, but I'll use them to acknowledge and truth to people. Brother Brantley, Mac Miller, if you woke up tomorrow and he never was, but you remembered all the stuff, would you copy hopping yourself as Mac Miller? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Mac Miller lost his life to addiction, and I stand firm. Well, I mean, in recovery his, in his in his song, though. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. He kind of glorified a little bit drug use. So, okay. You know, I definitely would. I would if I would take his music. I would take to get high and say, "Don't get high." That's what I would do. Well, you might be wondering what this has to do with my movie review, but the <laughs> the name of the movie was Yesterday, and it was about uh, a young adult, an adult 
in England. I don't know what's up with these English movies. Like right. They are good. And first of all, this is a clean movie. If you see it and you're not listening to the review, if you don't want to be spoiled, fine. You can shut it off now. But it's a clean movie. You can watch with the whole family. There's nothing in it that's bad. There's not even one lick violence, a little bit of drinking beer. That's about it. But other than that, clean movie. <laughs> anyway, it's about a young man who is a musician who is writing his own songs and playing shows. He's a pretty good singer, pretty good songwriter, but he's not the best. And uh, people are not really feeling his stuff. Um, like I said, he's over in England. And uh, one day he's riding home. I should say night. He's riding home on his bike. And there's a worldwide power outage. And as he's, the power outage is going on, I mean, everything goes out from cars lights everything he gets hit by a bus and they actually call it like it was supposed to happen on y2k but it happened out it happened for 12 seconds so he goes into the hospital and he he had a beard and had shaved his beard and he lost a couple teeth and it was kind of funny you know there's a little comedy going on there but he uh lost his guitar in the in the wreck so his one of his best friends who was a female bought him a new guitar and it was a beautiful new guitar, which was a real expensive guitar, and he loved it. And he said, a great guitar requires a great song. So he started playing the song Yesterday by the Beatles. Now, if you don't know where the Beatles are, I don't know where you've been, because the Beatles are everywhere. Right. I mean, I mean if you know the Beatles, <laughs> the Beatles. I mean, anyway. Kanye West knows who the Beatles are. Right. That's, uh, that's all you gotta know. Anyway. Please. He starts playing the song Yesterday. And his friends that are listening are blown away by this song. And they're like, what is that song? It's the most beautiful song I ever heard. And he goes, come on, it's Yesterday by the Beatles. They said, who are the Beatles? Who are the Beatles? They're the Beatles. Well, come to find out, he woke up in this alternate time where there was no Beatles. And for some reason, there was no Coca-Cola either. There was only Pepsi. <laughs> and there was also no cigarettes. I don't know what that had to do with the Beatles, but it was in the movie. Anyway, so he goes on and takes all the Beatles songs and he uses them for his own game and becomes a huge star in the movie. I'm not going to give away too much about the movie, but there's two other people in the world that remember the Beatles besides him. Oh, that's good. And they track him down. And he's nervous because he's like, I'm going to get caught. Right. I'm going to get caught. These people know. And they simply thank him because he brought this beautiful music that was never was back into the universe. Wow. Which was, it was a beautiful story. And just like in life, the truth will set you free. And it set him free in the end when he came truth about who wrote the songs. It was a beautiful movie. It was a good movie. It wasn't a Christian movie, of course, but it's a good movie to put down and sit with the whole family because there's good music in it and there's not one bit of immorality in the movie whatsoever. So, yesterday, check it out. Great movie. Thank you so much. This is my shout-out for the week. Shout-out to God. Shout out to my wife, Siobhan. I love you. Thank you so much for your support. Shout out to Salt and Light 413. That's on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Salt and Light 413. 
shout out to Tori Christian, my man at work, who's always listening. Shout out to Doug Miller. You're always the first one to like the link on Facebook. I don't know if you listen, but if you are, shout out to you. And uh, shout out to Common Ground Vineyard Church. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Amen. Brian and everybody Amen. here who's supporting us. Shout out. We love you guys so much. All right. You ain't want to forget to shout out to um, Generate. Shout out to Regenerate. Right. I, I shout him out in the beginning, but <laughs> I love him so much. He does so much for the show by doing not so much, but he's supporting us 100% love. Right. right. All right. I want to first give my shout out to God, um, Jehovah. I want to give a shout out to Yahweh. And then I want to give, <laughs> he's laughing. And then I want to give a shout out to my husband, of course, who backs me 100%. Who was like when he first heard about this opportunity for me, he was my biggest supporter. He was like, babe, you don't understand what God is getting ready to do with you all. So husband, I love you, Sue. I love, love you. I want to give a shout out to my family, um, who just, you know, just understands what mom got called mom to do. And they just support mom. They understand if I can't be here sometimes to just minister and do what God called me to do. I want to give a shout out to the God girls back in Atlanta, Georgia. My girls are back in Atlanta. Um, just all of my um, spiritual mothers, I call them the women of wisdom. And again, a shout out to Pastor B, Common Ground, for allowing us to be here. I want to give a shout out to my team, to Brother Rob. I'm so excited. Brother Grant, I got me some, some white boys. I got me some white boys. I got me some brothers. I just, I'm excited about that. Um, God is amazing on what he's doing. How he do, so. And shout out to whoever, if I forgot you, I didn't get you. But just know that I love you. Shout out to Jesus Christ. All right. First thing first, my Lord and Savior, man. I want to shout out my whole family, my fiance, Brandy, my future wife, Brandy. I love you, girl. I want to shout out to my mama. Thank you so much for not aborting me. You're the reason why I'm here. Your prayers in that closet is what got me brought back to Jesus and took away from addiction. I want to shout out to every struggling addict out there. And I want to ask you to open your Bible to Romans 12, chapter 2. Read it. Do not be conformed to the ways of the word of the out there struggling, man. Come here to Common Ground on Fridays. Friday nights at 7 o'clock. We got the recovery group half finders, man. It's awesome. Come out. It'll be great. Get you some coffee and get your word. Jesus Thank you, Rob. Thank you for having One last shout out. Kanye West. Kanye! Kanye! Hey, my boy. I knew there was something up with Jesus right. Walks. Right. When made Jesus Walks, I knew it. Keep right. doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing. That's we right. support you 100%. Yes, sir. No matter what the world does, Jesus Christ. we're behind you, Kanye. Come on, yeah. Kanye. Kanye West. Heart service. All right. Shout out. <laughs>
And for many of us as Christians, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as we journey through life, we practice disciplines, you know, we learn how to get our minds right. We learn how to get our bodies uh, in order. We try to take care of certain things uh, that are beneficial to us, that will help us to grow and help us to be better. You know, you've got to wake up for work at a certain time and go into work at a certain time. You can't just show up whenever you want. That's called discipline. You know, you can't just eat whatever you want all the time because you might gain weight or you might have some significant health problems. So that is called discipline. You might say, hey, I need to exercise every now and then because I can't just sit around and be lazy. Again, that is all discipline. We can practice physical disciplines, mental disciplines. We can regulate ourselves with self-control, have emotional discipline. But the greatest discipline we could ever have is spiritual discipline. So I want to share with you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, and we're going to talk a little bit about what spiritual discipline looks like. It says, verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Now, if you were running in a race, whether it's a foot race or let's say you you lined up your cars next to somebody else's car, you would want to win the race. There's no way that you enter a race and you're not racing to win. So the Apostle Paul says in first Corinthians chapter nine that everybody who runs the race wants to win the race. They want to get a prize. He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. So he says, look, you're not going to run and, and just kind of barely get by, just kind of barely run down the track or, or race down the track. No, you're going to run in such a way as to try and get the prize. You're going to run intentionally to win. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. So he says, look, if you're going to be a competitor, if you're going to run the race, then you're going to have to be disciplined enough to train for the race. You know, Olympic athletes are not going to get up and just run down the track one day without having trained at all. Hussein Bolt, you'll never see that Hussein Bolt comes out of shape and he gets winded halfway into the race. No, he's been training up until that point. He says they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So runners who run, they might get a trophy, some sort of medal or whatever, but that's a temporary prize. The greatest prize that we compete for as Christians, we know is an eternal prize. It's a benefit of eternal life. And Jesus will reward us at the judgment to say, wow, you have done well. You've continued and you've stayed the course. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Paul says, look, I, I, I'm not just playing with this. I'm not casual. I'm diligent. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so there it is, spiritual discipline. I'm not just doing things in the faith. I'm not just getting and speaking in front of people like my man Rob doing the podcast. He's not just talking to people about what they should do and not putting these things into practice in his own life. 
You can't just get out there and try to be the best evangelist or the best teacher or even the best worship leader and do all of that in front of people, but not be applying spiritual discipline to your own life. And spiritual discipline simply looks like this. As a matter of fact, it looks like asking yourself, am I seeking God? Am I spending time in his presence? Am I studying his word? Am I praying? Am I doing things in my life that will cause me to draw closer to God? I'll keep pressing on toward the goal that's only by grace alone Sustaining me through the fire, the Savior's holding me close In a world that hates God and a culture that thinks I'm wrong For believing what scripture teaches, I'll keep on proclaiming Jesus But I am better than anyone else, I'm prone to fall And start wandering in my heart, but the Savior constantly draws Me back unto himself ever since he saved me from hell Now in the house of the Lord, I'll dwell even though I was a felon In God's sight, I get broken his law, right? So I naturally deserve to be burdened, it'd be right He saved me despite perversion and promised that he preserved me Now purpose Fully be swerving past all of the evil serpents Distractions that he be throwing at me Just hold to his holy majesty Cloaking his righteous robe so I have to be Killing sin and keep pressing on by his grace Can't wait until the day I see Jesus Christ face to face